This is an SBS audio podcast. SBS acknowledges the traditional custodians of country and their connections and continuous care for the skies, lands and waterways across Australia. Hello. And welcome to this episode of The Settlement Guide, a series where we help you navigate life in Australia. Whether you arrived today, have been living here for years, whether you were born in Australia or planning to move here shortly, this series is for you. My name is Rosa Germian, and today we explain negative gearing and how investors in Australia can benefit from it. The government allows negative gearing to encourage people to invest in property, specifically residential property, uh, to make sure that there is a, a supply of property available to meet rental demand. So let's get started. Negative gearing is a term commonly associated with investment properties. It occurs when the expenses of an investment property exceeds the returns generated from it. On the other hand, an investment can be positively geared when the rental income is sufficient to cover all costs associated with the property, including loan interest. Maxwell Schiffman is the Chief Operating Officer at Intrapac Property, one of Australia's largest property developers. He explains negative gearing as a methodology available to Australian taxpayers who own investment properties. It allows them to offset the costs of owning and operating the property against their taxable income. While the purpose of investing in properties is to make profits, negative gearing does not necessarily discourage investors. Under Australian tax law, investors can claim the interest on their loan repayments as a tax deduction if the property is rented out or available for rent. Mr Schiffman explains. So those who own an investment property will have all sorts of costs that go into owning and maintaining that property. One of the biggest costs can often be the cost of interest. And so those costs make up a pool and then you also get the income from the property and what you're able to do is then offset that uh, rental income against those costs that you've incurred and if in fact the total costs are greater than the amount that you've earned then you can actually use those additional costs to offset your normal income from you know your work or any sort of other uh, income that you might have. Negative gearing is a very common practice in Australia, and like everything investment related, it has its pros and cons. Currently, the existing settings of negative gearing make it an effective tax strategy for some people. Mr. Schiffman says that negative gearing is more of an investment or tax deferral rather than a tax reduction. Australia has a particular way of doing it, which isn't unique in the world, but there are some jurisdictions around the world where it's done a little bit differently. So probably where it differs mostly from other places is sometimes around the world, you can only offset the costs of owning and maintaining the property against the income that you get for that same property or for a pool of, of investments. And so it's a slight tweak. There are valid arguments in support of negative gearing. Firstly, it can reduce rental costs by allowing landlords to decrease their taxable income. 
Secondly, it can increase the value of housing, attracting buyers interested in negatively gearing properties due to the available tax benefits. Stephen Meckenberger is the Group Executive of Financial Services and Chief Commentator at CanStar a financial comparison service in Australia. He explains how negative gearing impacts the rental housing market. The government allows negative gearing to encourage people to invest in property, specifically residential property, uh, to make sure that there is a, a supply of property available to meet rental demand. Now, if the stock of property falls to an, an inadequate level to meet demand, rents go up, housing becomes un- unaffordable, and if the shortfall is severe enough or long-standing enough, people can actually find themselves homeless. However, negative gearing has been a controversial topic amongst politicians for a few years now. During the 2019 federal elections, Bill Shorten of the Labor Party pledged to restrict negative gearing tax benefits to existing investment properties, raising concern about social inequality. However, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has maintained his support for the current negative gearing policy. On the other hand, the Liberal Party remains in favour of using negative gearing as a tax offset for investment property owners. Mr Mickenberger again. If negative gearing is repealed, at the margin property investment becomes less attractive, fewer people participate in it, and that threatens the supply of rental property, which means higher rents and housing shortages. Peter Kalisos is the program director of the Master of Property degree at the University of Adelaide. He says negative gearing is a trade-off investors make to potentially profit from capital gains when selling the property in the future. It is common for investors to experience losses during the initial years of owning a property, Mr Kalisos explains. If they negatively gear the wrong property, say a brand new apartment, for example, which doesn't have much capital growth, not only are they losing money week to week, but also there's no capital growth, a very limited capital growth. So they're going to make a capital loss as well. And the other negative is its limited serviceability. If the bank can see that this particular investment costs you $100 a week, it is very difficult to buy the next investment property or even your own home if you've got that sort of debt. By owning and investing in properties, investors can build long-term wealth and reduce reliance on government pensions and retirement support. Mr Kalisos again. Tax benefits encourage individuals to invest and save, especially to help them become self-sufficient in retirement. So, for example, even if you own that one investment property that was $500,000 and you eventually pay that off, you probably won't be eligible for the old age pension, or if you are, you'll only get a portion of it. So therefore, they're less of a burden on the government coffers. The Australian financial year ends on 30 June, and tax returns for the previous financial year must be filed between July 1 and October 31. Thank you for listening. This episode of The Settlement Guide was written and produced by Sneha Krishnan and Rujika Talwa, edited and presented by me, Rosa Germian. Until next time.